Hello and welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode by episode Gundam Seed podcast that finished Gundam Double O and decided it's time to da 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 duel. My name is Jeremy. I'm pursuing a research degree in child psychology and not child's playthings. I'm Tyler. I've only got one PhD. My name is Zach. And it's in thinking about history. It's about <laughs> something related history to history. <laughs> and I get a PhD in writing fan fiction about history. <laughs> That's what Tolkien did, right? I think he wrote fanfics on uh, Norse mythology, actually. Uh, yes, that's true. Today, we are watching episode eight of Gundam Build Fighters, Encountering Fighters, because the DM just has that random encounter chart and he's got to roll on it. Well, no, the DM showed up to the game and he was tired and didn't have enough time to prepare. So he's just like, all right, here's the here's the monster manual. We're starting with A. Actually, we're starting with N, but... Start with Eric Okra. And, <laughs> <laughs> and end with Nils Nielsen. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this, is a, this is an episode about introducing new characters. But you know who isn't it? Riccardo Fellini, the Italian champion. And Greco. I don't know his last name. Roman. It's not actually Roman. I thought it was. I think no. it is Greco-Roman. Um, I said that as a joke because Greco-Roman is the style of wrestling. If his name is actually I'm Greco-Roman... I'm pretty sure his name is actually Greco-Roman. That's horrifying. Um, is that worse than Nils Nielsen, who's going to be the next Marvel character? <laughs> Nils Nielsen is just the next Iron Man, right? After Tony Stark dies. <laughs> See, when I saw the, the Greco-Roman guy, my first thought was Lieutenant Surge. Yes. Oh, oh he's, yeah. He's definitely going to do a, a kickflip over his own head. <laughs> he definitely fought in the war, is what he tells all the children who come to Gumpla battle him at his gym. And they're like, what war? <laughs> what are the implications? Did the Pokemon fight in the war? Did the gunplay fight in the did, war? Did Ash's dad die in the war? Is, you know that you know that uh, like meme that's got the the dog's face with all like the the Vietnam flashback choppers. I want someone to to take that but change it so it's the Raichu face. <laughs> anyway, it's Pokemon rules in this series, but instead of Pokemon, it's Gumpla. Gumpa battle. None of the characters you know or love are in this episode. Say except... and Reggie do show up briefly. Okay, they might as well not be in this episode. Yeah, Ricardo Fellini though he's all about this episode. He's like, I'm here. But he's not flirting with anyone. Well, well. we can tell. <laughs> he and Greco are definitely doing some shonen flirting, at the very least. <laughs> this is a story about how you shouldn't turn 25 because you lose all your shonen magic. It's really what this is about. <laughs> Damn, I'm doomed. Yeah, we've been doomed for eight years, Zach. We've been too old to be an anime protagonist for a long time. I've been sheltering in the fact that I'm younger than you two. You can be the uh, grizzled old man who accompanies the sh- shonen no, protagonist on the I quest. But then I die first. You can be Rambaral. You can't even be Ricardo Fellini anymore. You're too old to be Ricardo Fellini. You have to be Rambaral, maybe. <laughs> or I think you're too old to be Say's dad, even. I was, <laughs> I, th- I was thinking Sid from Final Fantasy VII is only like 34 or something. Yeah, and he's a chief engineer for the space program? Or yep. is he just an astronaut? It's been a while. Um, I think he was an engineer. He's usually an engineer, so I'm going to assume engineer. Yeah. He's, he built a spaceship, and then they're like, you know what we don't have a budget for? A spaceship. <laughs> That's his motivation. Spoilers for everyone who's going to pay Final Fantasy Remake, where they're going to change it. He probably built a dimension ship in this one, so you're going to get to that dimension where Zack is alive. Hi, Zack. <laughs> I guess you didn't actually play Final Fantasy VII Remake yet, did you, Tyler? No, I have not, because oh. I do not own a, pl- a PlayStation I think it's on the Steams now. I could oh, be well. wrong. I might have made that up. I think the I think like the Crisis Core remake is. <laughs> uh, I forgot that was a thing until just now, and you said it. Uh, so speaking of crises, we're going to go watch episode eight, Encountering Fighters. You can watch along if you have Crunchyroll. Is this the dumbest title we've gotten so far? It's pretty bad. 
It's I don't. It's not like a dumb title. It's just a bad title. Anyway, we start with beginning Plavsky particle dispersion because a scientist child is giving a demonstration of Gumpla. And he's like, the Plavsky particle, invented by the Plavsky Particle System Engineering Company, or PPSE, it can make plastic models move, like my badly painted Hayaki Shiki here. <laughs> it's like maroon and gold. Like, the gold is just Hayaki Shiki color, but he has put maroon highlights on it, and it's, it's not a good look. Anyway, he fights a computer, level 9, so it manages to destroy his gun before he takes it out. It's a G-Savior. Oh, he, is that, what does he fight against? It's just a G-Savior is what it's listed as. Ugh. I thought we wanted to forget about those. <laughs> anyway, he cuts it in half. I mean, um, I do kind of like the G-Arcane. That exists right now. Th- that is airing concurrently with this. Really? Yes. Anyway, he's like, any thoughts, Professor? And he's like, are you seriously going to do research on a particle that moves toys? You, the one they call the early genius. <laughs> oh, I hate this character. I love this character. No, I, I hate, think you I, will love this character too. I don't Zach, hate this character time. necessarily. I hate this character trope. But you're just jealous because you're 33 and have zero PhDs, and he's 13, 13 and has yes. three. Anyway, Professor, may I explain? You're a dumbass. Consider the applications. And the professor's like, oh, the applications? <laughs> <laughs> what if we could move plastic inside human body? What if we could move plastic on Mars? <laughs> what if we could move plastic inside human body? I mean, it'd be great so that we could get rid of the microplastics, but... Well, for surgeries and stuff, I think it would be really useful. But no, it, it would be useful for a whole host of reasons. The thing that actually gets his attention is that apparently it works by binding antiparticles, and I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. That sounds like some science bullshit that I don't understand. And PPSE has kept the manufacturing method completely secret. And Niels is like, either they're scared it's going to be misused or capitalism. Probably capitalism, <laughs> let's be honest. But either way, I have to discover the secret of this particle. And that Obviously, is... it's capitalism because as we learned from build divers, they're like, hey, look, we have an AI. Let's kill it. <laughs> yep. Different company. That's always my problem with it um, because I'm also playing CrossCode where that is also basically the plot. Anytime a company is like, oh, we have a fully functioning artificial intelligence. and eh, Kill it. There's no profit in that. What are you talking to? How can you not see any possible profit? Well, well, Tyler, do you want Skynet? Because that's how you get Skynet. Yeah, maybe they're actually just more conscientious than I thought. Maybe that's the problem. Well, it's like, you know of all the studies that were done in World of Warcraft on pandemic spreading, right? Yeah. Blizzard was super against all that being Why? done. They didn't want their game being associated with the plague. Pan- and they're like, that's not what we made it. Yeah, I was, and you know who associates World of Warcraft with a plague? You. No one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think about it because the story surrounding the Blood Plague incident is freaking hilarious to me. Also that, yes. But I also played World of Warcraft around that time. And the number of times people are like, oh, this product, has, I mean, sometimes you get like Viagra, where I don't even remember what it was for, but they're like, this drug we made to cure cancer or whatever makes your bo- you have a boner. We can market that. But so often you get like, ah, oh, this just gives you a boner. Let's throw it out. No one needs that. <laughs> There's not a whole market for boner drugs that's going to have a commercial. Jeremy thinks of all the time of a guy brushing his teeth and the announcer being like, is this you? Do you have trouble getting an erection? I'm like, while brushing my teeth? Yes, I consider it a feature, not a bug. I think it was just originally designed to inc- improve blood flow, probably for I, like I, high altitude applications. I, I actually think it was a uh, supposed to be a blood thinner. I think it was supposed to be a... Not a heart attack fighter, but a yeah, like to blood, uh, blood clots and yeah. stuff. <laughs> Instead, it does the exact opposite. Oh no, it actually does that too. It is actually a prescription medication for those cases still. 
it is just also a boner pill. <laughs> Cut to America, where Ricardo is meeting a dude in uh, cargo shorts in, in his gym. He's meeting Lieutenant Surge, and he's like, I haven't seen you since the world tournament. I've been busy. And so Greg is like, what brings you here? He's like, I came to cheer you on in the finals and drink your alcohol. And uh, we find out that, yeah, uh, Fellini has free time because he's already in the tournament. We already knew that, but yes. Greco just has an iPad with his gumpless schematics on it, and <laughs> Ricardo's like, don't mind if I do. And to be fair, Greco's like, he doesn't care, right? Well, and, he's not up against Fellini, so. Yet. So Fellini's like, so are you facing Scott or Carter? And he's like, no, it's some first-time kid. And Ricardo's like, that'll be easy. I haven't met any children recently who are great at gumpla battle who I want to fight. <laughs> Well, those kids are in Japan. He's up against some American kid. <laughs> True. And Greg is like, I don't know. He's only been doing it for three months. And Ricardo's like, three months? That's serious. That's a, that sounds about the same amount of time Reggie's been doing this. Cut to Nils Nielsen. In a Japanese home in New York, which I guess they don't have any space in New York, so that makes sense. Yep. Greco Logan. Oh, yes, it is, oh, you're it right. It is Logan. Uh, which, to be fair, does sound a lot like Greco-Roman, but... And we see Niels has Googled Greco-Logan, who has 20 years of Gumpla experience. Which means he started at seven, age seven. The Gumpla he uses is Talgis. He is a Talgis. <laughs> also, Ricardo Fellini's rival. He's 27. I'm sorry, not 25. And he's been Gumplaing since he was seven. Yep. Wow. And apparently his tall geese, Valkyrie, just pops up whenever you do this. Okay, so they do call out a very unused rule called V-Attack. So the the match went the full time in his <laughs> match with Fellini. Uh, I read that entire screen, which is why I know this. And they went to a special sudden death mode called V-Attack, which is whoever scores the first hit wins. And obviously the wing is faster than a tall geese, therefore it won. And this is why we should just get rid of overtime in the regular season and let it go infinite time in the playoffs. <laughs> anyway, Niels brings up direct X video player from the past so he can watch <laughs> Greco's past matches with his Toggies. It's like, ah, it's got a lot of thrust and power. I don't think I can beat it with this shitty Hayaki Shiki I have. <laughs> yeah, the, the Toggies has a lot of speed and maneuverability. It's going to be great to see him use that. Then we go to his motivation for being in the tournament, which is basically to get close to people who know more about Plasky particles so that he can schmooze with them and hopefully glean some information. It's not the worst plan. I've heard worse. Also, free trip to Japan. How am I going to afford that on a child's lack of salary? Do you know how much <laughs> I have to pay for this apartment in New York? I think his parents probably pay for the apartment in New York. We do know he has parents, so... They're like, this kid is insufferable. We'll we'll get him an apartment across this country from us. I assume the whole family's insufferable, given what little we learn about them. So they all live across the country. They, they get together for family reunions, and that's it. Yep. So Niels goes to the closet where he keeps the family gumpla for just such an emergency. I love that he opens it, and the katanas <laughs> on this thing are sitting on a tiny little katana rack. Look- he may be an insufferable genius, but he's a good modeler, and he knows what makes a good diorama. <laughs> Cut to PPSE, where they're testing their cool camphor underwater, like a camphor. We haven't seen anything go underwater yet, have we? In I, any of these fights? I don't think water has really come up. I don't think- I think you're right. The camphor is not an underwater mobile suit, though, is it? No, but they have to test the underwater for the tournament, just in case. 
And they're like, ah, oh, it did fine underwater. No loss of emotion paint. What Whatever is that is. Emotion paint. It, it, <laughs> it's, it's defending against depression. Oh, I was going to say it's just like uh, the stuff that makes mood rings change colors. I do like how Say is going against this building team of 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 15 scientists building a Gumpla, which is what would happen if this got serious and big enough. I count but- 13 people and then the driver. Oh, I counted the driver as two people. You are right. I did not notice that it's the driver. So it looks like there's 13 scientists and then the driver. So 14 at max. Oh, that's assuming everybody came into work today. Yeah. <laughs> and that this also, is everyone. That's, that's Kawaguchi. That's not a scientist. Majin Kawaguchi. And how do you know he's not a scientist, Zach? I'm reasonably sure he's not a scientist because he doesn't have the lab coat. Well, he has oh, no. a trench coat instead. He might be the head scientist. We've never seen this character before, uh, Zach. <laughs> no, but we—they did say that the the blonde dude was the head. Was the chief? Was the chief? Oh, that's a fair point. Who is Alan? We do know him. And Alan—I couldn't a- think of his name, so blonde dude was the best I could come up with. And Alan's number two guy's like, "We're all set for the tournament." And Alan's like, "But I have concerns." That is that Gumpla team led by the Machine Hydrate ex- Excavation methane. Team. Methane oh, Hydrate <laughs> Excavation Team Nemesis. Yeah, which is uh, basically fracking, the fracking lord. Uh, to be fair, Nemesis is their Gumpla team, specifically. So, they're Resident Evil? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like a sports club called Nemesis is better than the Commanders or the Jazz from Utah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about the Pelicans? They're not the dumbest. They're bad. They're not the dumbest. I still have to make the gen- the the mental gymnastics to come up with the commanders. Better or worse than the Guardians? Guardians, I think, is a great name. Also, it didn't take them four years to develop in a lab. They were just like, hey, we think our name's racist. We're going to be the Guardians now. <laughs> well, unlike the Redskins, which were stripped of any name at all for two seasons and had to be the football team. The for- Washington <laughs> football team, which I kind of wish they would have just left it because that's yeah. great. It's pretty good. One of my uh, friends was so into that idea that I just got them a bunch of merch with that branding when I- they were still selling it. I kind of wanted to. I didn't for <laughs> myself, though. Anyway, we cut to this guy's rich mansion on the water. Presumably, he built it over the legendary Pokemon he caught here. <laughs> in, on an island, specifically. like He's in the middle of a lake. Yeah, you gotta you surf to get here, and then you go in the cave, and, and then you build a yacht there. So it's Mr. Barthas. From the Flana Institute. And the rich asshole drinking wine in the middle of the day is like, no, let him in. No, he's not drinking wine. Look at the color of that. That's grape juice. <laughs> No, it's just, no it's, wine it's, is that color. It's just a very, very vivid wine. He uh, wanted to make sure it would match his suit coat. It, he it, got white wine to put purple food coloring in it. If that to is match his happened. to match no. his suit coat. In the future, all drinks are sufficiently girly. So <laughs> that's just grape juice with vodka added, and we call it wine. Wait, Tyler, what was purple in the Stormlight Archive? Was that non-alcoholic? Oh, for the levels of drinks, no. Yes. Purple is definitely one of the alcoholic ones. I can't remember. Because I know they're like, no, Violet, I think, is the highest. Yeah. That seems like a thing that Dalinar would get drunk on, right, is Violet. So, colors of Is that Roy G. Biv is red the least, and I can't remember. If it is, I somehow, I have never noticed it, and I'm going to be so pissed if it is. We get it at random points, and I think most of the time they order, like, orange, which is, like, mildly alcoholic. Yeah. So it might very well be, but I don't think green is in there. Wines come in several colors. (laughs) Blue is a strong vintage. Orange is non-alcoholic. Okay. Violet is the most intoxicating. Uh, not disproving my theory. Yellow is suitable for the morning due to its weak alcohol content. Not disproving my theory. White is not, it's not wine, it's just straight up hard <laughs> liquor. And mm. then there are some other flavors. So or- orange is non-alcoholic. But so, violet uh, is the strongest 
wine strength see, wine. See, if red undrunks you, then I think I'm right. <laughs> I, I do love how Brando Sando managed to avoid having to make up like wines or anything like that by just going like, yep, color. Uh, there are actually also varietals that he starts calling out later. I, so. I know. He, he is amazing when it comes to like world building and shit. It just, I find it very amusing. So he's just having a nice violet. Yep. So he's getting swifty. And so the guy's like, excuse me, sir, allow me. He's like, enough pleasantries. Let me see him. And the dude is like, um, sure. Well, get in here. What? I, the, the rich fracking magnate is sexist. Yeah. Surprising. So Ina comes in and is like, hey, I exist. I name's, or I'm sorry, Isla. My name's Isla. You can't pronounce my last name. It's impossible. Jerky- Don't try. Because <laughs> you're, you're American and holy shit, there's an umlaut in there. So anyways, like a woman in my mansion. I didn't have grandchildren to let women in here. <laughs> I wanted the uh, the best gunpla fighter, and it can't possibly be a woman. Especially not a stylish one. And where is your color? <laughs> it's in her pupils. <laughs> Those are white, too. <laughs> They're kind of bluish. She's got a little stripe on her hat. It's a little bluish. She's got a little, like, on the side of her shirt. And so she's like, if you're skeptical about mirability, bring me some men to kick the asses of. <laughs> and he's like, ah, that's some balls. I appreciate that. And uh, so her, like, whatever, the Flanagan, Flana Institute guy's like, but she doesn't have a gunpla. As the rich guy's like, call Gawain. He has a battle. She will not mind just using a random gunpla in the battle room if she is the strongest. And she's like, yeah, you're right. I won't. And I feel like she intentionally chooses and a bad one, as we'll find the, out. The dude is like, but your opponent is Gawain. I love her response. I've never heard I never of watched Kogias. You know, I'm, it might be because I've never actually watched that series, but I kind of like the Jagan's look. Oh, yeah. No, the Jagan's pretty cool. It's also not a great mobile suit. Also, you have seen where the Jagan comes from. It shares counterattack. Oh, really? I thought it was actually from Double Zeta or something. Nope. It is created for Shars counterattack. Oh. It is still in use in Gundam Unicorn, so I guess it isn't a series, but... But it wasn't um, made for Unicorn. Nope. This is important for later, but the Jagan was developed from the gym, right? Yes. It is a... Well, it's a successor, too. Yeah. It's a successor in the way the Abrams is a successor to the Sherman. I don't know enough about the Abrams and the Sherman. To know yeah, that, that might be a completely reasonable analogy, as far as I'm concerned, Zach. It has a cool rocket shield. Yeah, Abrams has one of those. <laughs> Have you not seen them rolling around? So Gawain, who is 50% Yu-Gi-Oh, 50% G-Gundam, comes in. <laughs> I love what is his, with his vest. The vest, the goatee, the hair, all of it. I love it. What is with your hair? Sorry, there's a wind tunnel like halfway down the hallway here. I'm an anime character, and I, uh, I was like, so am I. No, but she's a girl, therefore she doesn't have the, the really weird hair. Cut to Iori models, where Say is in a dark room modeling. I think he has stolen the airbrush room. And Rinko's like, man, I told him to take a break, but he's just like his dad. He won't stop once he gets going. You know what would help? Because we have to explain why he's not doing anything this episode. I I can't imagine Rinko not being like, you know what would help is if you take a break. (laughs) And you know what would be a great way to take a break? Go on a date. Spoilers for next episode. (laughs) (laughs) I totally just had an image of Rinko like going into the shop that China's father owns and then like just picking up and walking out with China. <laughs> I need this. <laughs> I'm borrowing this. <laughs> just tucking her under her, her arm and walking yeah, around like, like a it's football. a briefcase. Yeah. But, but for right now, she say is reminding her of her husband and she likes that. She hasn't gotten tired of it yet. Because who knows where the hell he is. Business or something. So uh, we get a little bit of a series recap-ish out of Say as he's doing this. But it's more about his motivation of like, hey, I need to build something really good for Reiji. Since we lost to Yuki and Mao exists, 
and there'll be other tough fighters, and Yuki kicked our ass. There's this one bit where he grabbed my gun. It was so cool. So we've started to see that there are more and more people who can like manipulate Plavsky particles in some way. Is that a thing Say realizes, or is that a thing that Reiji will have to realize? I'm, do you want an answer to that? Or do I mean, I assume we're just going it to find out. It seems like Say is working on actually doing that, uh, like the, giving him the capabilities of doing that. And the answer could be both, right? Like Say realizes it from a modeling perspective of let's build stuff to use it, and Reggie could see like, oh, here are like ca- applications in the moment. And I think that's what's good. Like, I just don't know how you build a gun plus specifically to interact with these in weird ways. Well, we already seen saw one last episode, right? Where like the co- it was treated with coding to deflect plastic. Yeah, particles. I just don't know what that and means we've, we've in the already, fiction of this universe. We've already kind of seen say has a basic understanding of manipulating them because he is variable output rifle. So like he already has a very basic a understanding point. of how to manipulate these things. But he's like, I have to get good at wave dashing if I'm going to go to Worlds. <laughs> I can't just know it exists. That was my problem with Melee. I really like this as like a, like, we've joked about how this is kind of an esports anime. I really like I, that now we're getting into the bit of like, okay, like, this is how a normal person plays the game. But obviously, we're just going to backdash the entire time because it's faster. Why would you ever walk? <laughs> I don't know that we've ever joked about it being an esports thing. I think we have just purely accepted that that's what this is. This is an esports anime. Fair. But I really like this little bit that is lost in future Gundam Build series. I do like this, that it's acknowledging that what I was operating on under the basic understanding, these guys are like the next level and I've got to figure out how to get from where I am to get to where they are and I got to do it in a hurry. But I have to not sacrifice quality because like you, you can't just, you got to cover all your bases. Cut to a Jagan destroying a Devil Gundam. The Devil Gundam belongs to Gawain. The Jagan is the thing that uh, Isla picked up off the street. <laughs> Crotch cannon fire. And Isla's like, I'm a girl. That's not going to work on me at all. <laughs> I mean, I'm not might... impressed by your crotch cannon. It might be because I like the design of the Jagan. I like the rockets and the hips. I like the Jagan a lot, too. So it's one of my favorite gun suits. I didn't realize this was a Jagan, so the joke I wrote down for this was, it's time to hit the gym, Gev- Devil Gundam. <laughs> okay, that kind of makes a little bit of sense when... I looked at it, but I'd never actually really paid a lot of attention to the Jagan. Maybe the reason why I didn't recognize it from Char's Counterattack is number one, we saw that movie a few years ago, and number two, it was much poor, more poorly animated because yeah. you know it was it came out in like 1992. Yeah, this is a much more colorful Jagan, and it is matching Isla's color scheme. Anyway, we uh, cut to a close up of the Devil Gundam's head as a beam saber sprouts through the back of it, and then and- we cut to a great tableau of the Jagan just. Like standing on its back. I'm not sure how exactly she used a beam saber to rip its head off. Wouldn't it just like tear through the upper half of it? Plasty particles. Cool shot anyway. She uses the beam saber to tear the thing's head off and fires the shield missiles into its head. I like the way the Jagan's shield missiles look a lot better than the Gian's. I just like the Jagan. It's got a really neat shield too. Yes, that's one of the reasons I like it. It goes on the little rocket sleds out. Ah, Shadow's counterattack is good. See you last episode. So Rich Guy is like, a girl beat Gwen's devil Gundam with a Jagan. He even fell on his ass how badly his ass got kicked. I do I like, like a Isla little just, bit like, of smiles. Yeah. And so Rich Asshole is like, excellent. I will make her the team's main fighter. This is one element I kind of wish we got a little bit more access on. Like the Rich Asshole's funding all this? Well, no. How, how exactly do teams work in this? Because it, it, from up to this point, we've been presented as a, it's purely a solo act I, I assume, or a builder uh 
pilot combo, not necessarily te- how do teams function. I know, I, I can't think of an s- actual sport in which this is the case, but I know like stables will form in certain individual sports, right? Where you have teams who do not like compete together like as a group, but they practice together, they bounce ideas off each other, they go to events together, but it's still an individual competition. So I, like are- fencing actually works this way a lot. But in fencing, don't they normally not put them up against each other and like team members? But I guess I'm also thinking of it more in the context of like the Olympics. Yeah, well, the Olympic U.S. fencing team, they will have like a team of like six people who all train together and stuff. And then you just like nominate two of them to be the actual people who do this stuff. Yeah, I assume it works like that. You would think someone this rich would have a competitor in every qualifying bracket. I would but, assume so, yeah. But it's anime. And that was not very interesting story. So this also does kind of seem like the kind of sport that should probably have divisions, like actual <laughs> divisions. There will be a junior d- division next season. But no, it I, I, was, I was more of thinking like because of how wide the variety is in Gundam for all the different shit that they can do. Like it makes a lot of sense to me to have stuff like you know, like a tier list. <laughs> well, like what does G Gundam? What can G Gundam do? G Gundam is a bunch of super robots. So they can do a lot of wacky shit. So putting them up against, like, the wing doesn't seem fair when one of them can literally, or actually five of them can literally go fucking Super Saiyan. Yeah, but this is an eSport, as we've established, and so it's normalized, you know? In that Gundam Overwatch par- parody, all everything's on par, right? I mean, I'm sure there's a tier list. I can now but... run that, now that I think about it. Yeah, I'd think. I mean, you probably could anyway. Gundam and Bandai games are notorious for saying, uh, the minimum specs for this are a literal computer on the moon beaming you the information down via satellite, and what it actually requires is a hard drive. <laughs> <laughs> the champion of the last world tournament is also apparently in her division. Carlos Kaiser and his Alpha Azeru. And the rich guy's like, can you defeat him, Isla? And she's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, I do find it kind of odd that people are running out the same models that they have lost, or the, like, the same model they used in the previous year when everybody can look at it and be like, okay, how do I beat you? I assume they have new versions of those models with new tr- tricks and gimmicks, based in part on what Say is doing, which I guess is based on future information. But yeah, I, uh, Yuki, we know from prequel manga, always fields something different every year. So, But there's also a degree probably of like, when do you switch Gumpla? Because like yeah. Niels Nielsen in this episode makes a decision of like, I wanted to keep this for the tournament. I wanted to keep my ace in reserve, but I'm going up against this guy. I don't think I can beat with this shitty Hayaki Shiki. So time to bring it out now. Yeah, that's fair. Buy all our play sets and toys. I'm glad we've got to see the introduction of everyone's favorite half ninja detective, half martial physicist, Niels Nielsen. The applications, professor. The applications. Anyway, hey. Thank you for listening to this episode 8 of Gundam Build Fighters with us. I'm going to keep the plug nice and short this week. We got a patreon.com slash the last podcast if you want to help us keep the lights on. That is cool. And if not, regardless, you can head over to our Discord. We actually had like five whole new people jump in in the month of December, which is wild. Or if you don't feel like hanging around a Discord, uh, because I'm sure everyone has too many of those now, you can always shoot us an email at Gundam at lasttimeonvideogames.com. One of these days, I'll update that email address. Or you can just lurk. That's what I do on 90% of things. Anyway, let's go watch a multi-class master manipulate some Plavsky particles. She blinded me with science. 
So we don't get an eye catch, and we come back to the 6.5 billion Gumpla fans around the world Which is- watching the American Championship. <laughs> I like to believe this is a full Riot Games. America never wins. Top 16 is the best they ever did once with Greco Logan. But America makes a giant deal out of it like it's the world goddamn championship. Because this is by far the biggest arena we've seen a Gunpla battle in. Uh, that makes sense. I mean, we're, I think we're the only country that has something that labels them the world champions that nobody else participates in. <laughs> because this is taking place in Vegas, in La Vienne Rose, presumably a casino that is Gundam-themed. It's got a full, like, introduction animation and everything. Oh, I also and- love one of the... Uh- commentators is just so over the top i love this guy i absolutely love these two commentators they make the episode for me (laughs) as well as these laser lights red bull greco (laughs) sponsored by not red bull i mean red bull monster yeah that was the joke i came up with afterwards these two have regular ass american names yeah because they're americans as well as opposed to greco logan (laughs) well he's main character-esque and ricardo fellini in the vip box with people who are like evening wear. He's the Italian champion. No, I'm more amazed by the people who are here who are in like evening wear. Like there's a girl in like a full fledged like evening dress. Oh, there, there are. Well, it's an underground betting ring for tennis matches, Zach. Oh, I was going to say her husband's just really into it. And she's like, well, if I'm going out to Vegas, I am wearing the nicest dress I have. <laughs> if I have to watch a goddamn Gumpla match, <laughs> I am doing it up. Anyway, we get the most amazing wrestling ass intro bit for. Greco, defending champion, raging bull. His name is Bulls running at the screen like a sports match. <laughs> Flamethrowers. <laughs> America's mightiest raging bull, Greco Logan. Despite the name Raging Bull, he is subtle and accurate in his fighting style. The bulls that rush the screen remind me of like those terrible animations of bowling alleys. <laughs> yeah, I actually kind of like that about them. Because that I could totally see that being an animation for something like that. Yep. So. Yeah, it looks very authentic. I, it's very good. I love the other commentator. Well, he certainly seems like he's got his stuff together. And the other host is like, yeah! <laughs> well, he's the color commentator. Oh, man, I love that guy. <laughs> and then we get Nils Nielsen's do think, intro. Do you think they had to put these together? Or did the, uh, did the uh, venue do this? Oh, the venue definitely did this. With his three PhDs, like drops of water, like he's a martial artist with the soccer. particle physics, high energy physics, and I Euclidean something... space physics. Euclidean space. So physics. he's got a PhD in uh, what's his nuts? Lovecraft. No, that's non-Euclidean. Oh, okay. Sorry, my bad. Yeah. So he's all his PhDs are in physics. He took he got them all at once. He they only had like like one extra course for each PhD <laughs> after the first. I guess he probably had to write another thesis for each one. But yeah. The young Jesus has three PhDs. He's half detective, half martial artist. Wait, wasn't that literally just like Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes? Holmes? Yes. Yes. Nils Nielsen, half samurai with his samurai hello, which is just a bow. Although this is super wrestling of like, this is a thing he does and we go <laughs> and we pop for it. Also, he is good at the martial art. He has a black belt in karate and judo. I feel like whenever people do this, it's like, I don't think you understand how much time shit takes. When you start martial arts as a kid, you can get a black belt by the time you're like 10. Although whether or not you're able to send up with a black belt who learned it in their adult life is an entirely different matter. And if you can do that while getting three PhDs. And that is one of the reasons why I hate these kind of like ubermensch children characters. Who has the drugs. time? It's like, there's no kid on the planet who has this attention span and this much time to do this shit to begin with. Uh, Nor are they nearly this smart. 
Have you seen children? They're fucking dumb. Some children are smart. Have you seen children? They're fucking dumb. Much like people, Zach. Person smart. People dumb. <laughs> children dumb. Child smart. Anyway, the commentators can't wait to see this match. I and love like, the contrast. He's in like the full samurai getup, and then you got Greco Logan in his cargo shorts. Yeah, and basically his gym clothes. I mean, he's cosplaying a samurai. He's cosplaying Lieutenant Surge. <laughs> what I love is like there's this giant arena that just makes the Gumpla Battle Arena just look so tiny down there. And there's so much space around it. Like, it feels like you could get standing seats in there, sell more tickets. Especially having seen, like, the way Riot, going back to them, does, like, the world tournament for their arenas. You have all the computers up on one side, and then they're, it's just all of the seats are just packed in. I mean, it's also usually on a stage, but, like, you could do this better, is what I'm saying. Someone didn't think of the logistics of this. And Greco Rogan is like, I'm looking forward to our shonen battle, but I can't allow you to go to the world tournament. There's a man waiting for me there. Cut to Ricardo. And Nils Yelsen is like, well, I'm in the opening sequence, so pretty sure I got this. And <laughs> Greco's like, well, well, the opening sequence is about to change, and so maybe they had to put you in there because you're not in the second half, and I am, maybe. I have a togies. It means I'm a destined rival for a guy with a wing Gundam. I do like his green toggies, but the, you can kind of tell that he's not intended as a main character because they didn't really do anything to it. I mean, what can you do to the toggies without ruining what makes it the toggies? The fact that it's so boring it's a, is its charm. And like they just give it like an American military camo color scheme, which fits it here. But like you said, it's kind of boring. Especially next to this samurai-esque ass Astray Sengoku that Niels has. Is it based on the red frame Astray it, specifically? Yes, it is. And it is definitely the most Build Fighters-esque Gunpla we've seen so far. Because I didn't actually recognize it because of how much changes until uh, Fellini mentioned the Astray. Yeah. I do also like uh, how it has shoulder-mounted swords. Yeah, like to grab the katana? Yep. Makes sense. I think one of the only thing, one of the big things you could do with the tall geese is give it a bigger shield instead of its buckler. Yeah, you could do that. But, like, that's part of what makes it so distinct. It would start to look like just more like a mobile suit. So remember how how mobile the tall geese is as a, as a uh, mobile suit? He's got to deal with the close combat guy. Well, it says he's fast, not that. mobile. And I feel like what they talk about was the power of the thrusters, which I th- think we do see on display later. Not necessarily the maneuverability. Also, he has that tall geese three cannon, because of yeah. course it does. But his battle plan is, well, that astray's got to get in close, so I'll just shoot it. So he just starts, like, laying into beam fire. But Nelson Nielsen is like, ah, but I know. Footwork. I have played a fighting game before. <laughs> I understand footsies. So he decides to change it up by using by blowing a hole in the wall. Yes, but Niels footsies that as well, and then he footsies in the air with his thrusters. So Greco is like, "Well, full power! I'm a charge in my laser," and it melts some of the rock, which is a cool effect. Which makes Niels Nielsen draw his swords and slash through the beam. I kind of wish we just saw him slash through the beam instead of doing this anime X slash thing. Yeah. Because I like the idea that his swords are so well treated that they can cut through Plavsky particles. That's a cool idea that is in theme with what we were talking about last week. But the like anime ass X it makes kind of hurts that in my opinion. It's one of the few times I think, like, oh, this could have been animated better and been cooler. This whole fight's a letdown. I like a lot of the fight. But that the like beam katana things are the one thing that I like. I wish it were physical blows. So he beam katanas the tall geese back into a wall. Some rocks fall. He dies. Ricardo's like, no, not rocks. <laughs> and Nils is like, okay, it's over. But it hasn't said battle ended yet. So. And Greco's like, no, I have the shonen spirit. I'm only 27. I can still do it. <laughs> I can never remember. Does the tall geese actually have Vulcans equipped? No, it does not. So he 
the tall geese draws its beam saber, and Nils is like, hey, give up. You're an old man. You don't have the shonen spirit. You're just going to lose. And Greco's like, yeah, but maybe I can make you show off your secret technique. Plus, I have to defeat Ricardo Fellini. Who else is going to do it? Reggie? I don't even know who that is. He didn't tell me about his child arrival. So anyway, they stab at each other, but Nils' sword is just so good, it just stabs right through a beam saber and cuts off the arm. I really like the animation on it going through the beam saber, and I like even more the animation of Greco throwing the beam saber to his other hand in time to continue the fight and get disarmed again. But uh, it's just a flesh wound, so he shoulder checks him into the ground. And here's where I think we get to see the thrusters on display, because we see Niels dig in with his sword to try and slow him down, but then he hits the afterburners, and it doesn't really slow down at all. In fact, he speeds up, and is going to ram the Sengoku Astray into the wall, but Niels Nielsen has a trap card. I don't understand what the hell these are. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I kind of know. I think this is supposed to be the what happened moment so that when he shows up in the tournament later, this is to establish this power. And Greco Logan is a jobber, right? His role here is to lose to Niels to make him seem powerful for when he will be faced in the tournament later, like whether that is by Fellini or Reggie. But anyway, the entire thruster pack just falls off. The whole thing falls apart. Yeah, he like punches a hole through him and creates a giant crater around the Sengoku Astray. And Logan's like, what? What happened? Somebody set me up the bomb. And Niels is like, ha, you've activated my trap. Oh, no, my character design doesn't have glasses. How did we make an early genius character who doesn't have glasses to push up? What am I going to do? Samurai bow. <laughs> we cut to the crowd who are fired up. I love this like guy with the hair with no like eyes. shadow, but like yeah. no hair over it. The commentators are astounded that a 13-year-old is the champion. But he is, and he gets to go to Japan, where he will fit in as a samurai boy. <laughs> and he gives his patented samurai goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Distinct from the samurai hello. Anyway, Ricardo's like, well, I wasn't expecting him to get his ass kicked quite that hard. This episode isn't quite long enough, so let me flash back to it real quick. He makes full use of the Plavsky particle. What? Well, he's he's metagaming, right? Yeah. yeah, this is the theme I was talking about them establishing of like, he didn't build like a Gundam he thought was cool. He built a thing designed to use Plavsky particles to destroy his opponent. Because that is what the arena is made out of. Which I kind of like. Because yeah. And then they start going around the world basically doing the same. Like you said, there's a transition from people actually building Gundams and building them along the, the lines of Gundam. And more of how do I exploit the mechanics of this. Yeah. So, yeah, very, very esports. How do I exploit this <laughs> as much as possible? We see a big battle Beetleborg in Thailand destroying... Uh, I had to go back suit. on that one because I was like, did that say Dunbine? <laughs> In Buenos Aires, we see some scruffy-looking dudes who have won. Scruffy-looking. They're wearing suits, Jeremy. But Did you see their chins? They're nerf herders for sure. <laughs> yeah. We cut to PPSE, where, of course, Majin Kawakichi's mobile suit is just hanging out in the middle of a table <laughs> with no one allowed to touch it. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's cool like I am. Mao <laughs> doing something at the school. Apparently he went back. I feel like he spends most of his time there. But... I feel like he lives here. Yeah. Well, I figure he lives here. It's just he left in the, in the first time we saw him. That's true. Because he had to go meet Say. And then he went to the inn to meet girl he likes. And then we cut to Reggie being like, Say, Say, I want to see your cool gumpla. Show it to me. I'm bored and I need to see it. As he is stuck to the window. And Say's like, I can't just metagame. I, I'm, a, I'm a Gundam nerd. I don't know how to metagame. I got to figure it out. Leave me alone. I need some me time. And that's the end of the episode. But wait. Where are we exactly? Finland, as you pointed out. 
where Ron Baral has teleported to the match to see the champ, Carlos Kaiser. <laughs> but he had a bit of a teleportation failure because he's not actually at the arena. No, he actually teleported to two kids having a gunplay match <laughs> on the field. And he's like, oh man, the final round's just about to begin. I better hurry. So he goes inside and it's already over. Yeah, everybody's cheering and he's like, what's all the cheering for? I would presume I'm early and they're cheering for the champion coming out to his music. This is also a huge arena, by the way. You know, thinking about it, since this guy was the world champion, I feel like mostly, unless this guy was a real dick, you wouldn't actually have a lot of cheering if it was this quick. You'd just have stunned silence. Yeah, but it's a cute girl, Zach. But they don't know that because she's wearing a freaking helmet. She's also wearing a very skin-tight outfit. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> also, it's probably not a thing anyone's seen is like the world champion get messed up so fast in this way, right? Like... It's just stunning, if nothing else. Well, that's why I was thinking that you probably wouldn't have a whole bunch of cheering. Oh, I was thinking you would definitely get a bunch of cheering because it's a big upset, but... Yeah, it depends. Like I, I, I just said, feel like if it was that fast... What's the storyline coming in? If he's a huge dick, then what? yes, people would be like cheering because they want to see him fall. Well, his name is Carlos Kaiser, so I assume he's a huge dick. And and he, yeah. What is an Alpha Zero? It's the mobile armor that Quest uses in Char's Counterattack. Oh, I'd be cheering too, then. <laughs> Fuck that shit. <laughs> he is using a giant oversized mobile armor, too. And I feel like it's always exciting to see one of those get completely dismantled as we see like wires just sitting on the There's floor. There's a head. There's thruster bells, all sorts of parts that Carlos Kaiser is stunned over. He's got character design, too. Such a waste for a character who's never showing up again. <laughs> and Ron Marl's like, who could do this to them? Oh, a handsome girl who has found color. And by that, I mean the color black. And she is in a helmet and a very skin-tight outfit with a collar. It's very BDSM. Is that a... Uh... That's a psycho helmet from Yu- uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. What's um, it called? Um, no, it, she's got a... Uh, why can't I think? What is, what is uh, the Puru's mobile suit? The... A Kubali. Does, yes. Is hers a cubelay with a it, staff? Yes, or it a, is a, cub- a lance. Yes, it is a cubelay. I was going to ask. Yeah, she's in like what looks like Gundam cosplay, but it's definitely not cosplay of any Gundam character. <laughs> you could probably convince like a tangential fan it's any character, <laughs> but that's also the kind of thing you want to be careful when shrugging because you don't want to <laughs> stab your own shoulder. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like giant... the spikes are up je- high enough that would be difficult, but yeah, still yeah. would want to be careful. Uh, Man, I just had a thought of, you want to be careful going through doors. Right. <laughs> Although they're not quite as wide as Turning shoulders. around to talk to people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Gotta be careful of, like, of that. And that's the end of the episode. So I know Zach said he was not fond of this, but I like this episode. I like establishing all the characters who are going to show up later, so we don't have to do that later. I mean, it doesn't really do all of them, but it does a lot of them. I like the raising of the stakes. Like I said, I like this esports theme of, oh, these are all people who are metagaming and not just trying to build a cool gumpla and fighting. They're trying to be like, how can I maximize the system to win? It's got the feel of this has been around long enough that now people are finding the holes that they can exploit. Because this is the seventh world tournament? Yes. Yeah. Now it's no longer good enough to just build a really good gunplay. You have to know how to break the system. Do you have a high point, Tyler? Um, it's got to be Greco's bullshit ass (laughs) walk up intro thing. It's pretty damn good. Yeah. Like just the way the announcers react to it too. Yeah. Yeah, They super sell it. Zach? Say's thinking in the middle of the episode about like, here's, I wasn't good enough and I have to get better. Like going over my, his motivations and thinking about what he has to do to improve. Because that's kind of like introspection. I don't think you see a lot of in a lot of these, especially in like Bill Divers didn't give us any of that. 
I think Mide is going to be Niels Nielsen's introduction. In particular, he's like, yeah, there's this weird magical particle that moves plastic. And I know that's just part of the premise of the show, but maybe we should explore that <laughs> and think about what it means and what it could mean this and is how why, it happened. Yeah, this is why he's my favorite character now. So. <laughs> Tyler, do you have a low point? This is kind of a cop-out, but holy crap, Ayla's outfit. It's so bad. <laughs> oh, don't worry. We only have to deal Which with one? that for 20 more episodes. Oh, no, her regular outfit I like just fine. It's fine. It's to show how quiet and emotionless she is, right? It fits the character. It's good character design. Um, no, I- I'm specifically talking about the whatever the her hell. Her BDSM yeah. <laughs> psycho Gundam outfit. Yeah, yeah, that thing. That she would never wear. Zach, what's your low point? The fight between Niels and Greco. Honestly, I don't care for that fight it doesn't really it it is like yeah it's jobbing for nils but at the same time i'm like this fight's just boring to watch how much is left in this yeah i thought it was fine yeah i agree it wasn't like nearly as dynamic as it might have been because like the last fight we got that was pure gundam on gundam was uh reiji and say versus motherfucking yuki and that fight was amazing and this one was just like all right like, it exists. Yeah. The show knows it needs to cool down after that, but it's still insisting on putting fights in. Although I like this one a lot more than the last episodes. Let's see. What do I want it to be? You stole Isla's outfit, which is... This is, like, secretly a high point. But Carlos <laughs> Kaiser and Greco Logan got a whole ass load of character design for characters we're never going to see again, right? Yeah. Like I said, that's a secret high point because they're treating even their minor characters like they're important and they need to do something. You know what would them. be kind of cool is if they it's, showed and- up as, like, pit crew, more or less... And like, that's wh- not quite the right word, but, like, Greco specifically helping Fellini. Yeah. And also, like, Gawain. Gawain's a jobber who, like, barely exists. And the roses, like, why the roses? But they did something with him, right? <laughs> it wasn't, like, that old meme, find the main character. Because you could put all of these guys in a room like that and say, find the main character. And I probably wouldn't point to Say and Reiji. Yeah, I was going to say, at the very least, like these guys you could at least point to as like, oh, yeah, they're going to be villains. Or oh, something. or they're going right. to stick around the entire season. They're yeah. going to be around. I know what the low point is. Sexism. Sexism <laughs> is the low point. Do you have an MVP, Tyler? I like kind of want to half-assedly give it to Say for having like <laughs> thoughts. I mean, it... I. <sighs> Uh, you know what? It's actually the announcer guy. Um, I think the hype announcer is the MVP of this episode. Zach. You know, I think I actually want to give it to Greco Logan because for the even the entire fight, like he's the one that kind of drives the emotional stakes in the entire thing. Like he is what makes the fight watchable. Yeah, he is actually much more the focus character than Nils is, I think, this episode. Yeah, Nils is the villain of this episode, right? Which is why Greco is jobbing for him. Nils is Nappa in this episode. <laughs> I'm going to go with Isla. I think she is interesting. She raises the stakes. She is sexist at, and she is like, I'm going to destroy these dumb men. She just doesn't have enough screen time this one around is one of the reasons why that, I That was the her. reason I didn't want to give it to her either. Is like, I don't feel like she propelled the episode a whole lot. I, so. I guess you're right, but she has presence every time she's on screen. That is true. Anything else we want to say about this episode? I liked it better than the beach episode. <laughs> yeah, I liked it a lot. Like I said, I really like Nils' introduction. He's like, no, no, wait. We should be thinking about these things. I, too, am fine with this dumb anime where we have a beach episode and we build Gumpla. But, like, what if there were ramifications, though? I mean, I like the fight between the Jagan and the Devil Gundam. That was fun. I was going to say, and that's exactly why um, I like Nils, is because I would be having the exact same thoughts. But, Professor, the implications. I feel like all three of us would, and I'm not even a science guy. I would just be like... <laughs> Wait, this is all we're using this for? Maybe we should do a world building at the very least. What do you think? So that'll do it for this episode. We will be back with episode nine, 
Wings of Imagination. It's a Ricardo Fellini focus episode where he redesigns his wing Gundam. No, it's uh, all about Say, who's getting uh, his hands on the wing Gundam's wings to add to the uh, build strike. Podcast ended.